Emerald City of Oz, Forbidden Fountain, The Scarecrow, Tin Woodman, TikTok, and Jack Pumpkinhead had no need to sleep, so they all wandered around the palace grounds and stood beside the sparkling water of the Forbidden Fountain until daybreak. During this time, they indulged in nervous conversation about what was to come. The armies of the Elf King were under the ground below them. They could sometimes feel the ground rumble. There was an energy of fear trying to penetrate the Emerald City. Nothing could make me forget what I know, remarked the Scarecrow, gazing into the Forbidden Fountain. That's because I can't drink the water of oblivion, or water of any kind for that matter. I am glad for this, and as such, I consider my wisdom to be superior to all these mere mortals. You are certainly very wise, agreed TikTok. I can only think by machinery. I do not pretend to know as much as you do. My tin brains are very bright, but that is all I say about them, said Nick Chopper, modestly. I do not aspire to be very wise, and I have noticed that the happiest people are those who do not let their brains oppress them. Mine never worry me, Jack Pumpkinhead acknowledged. There are many seeds of thought in my head, but they do not sprout easily. I am glad for this. If I occupied my days thinking deeply, I would have no time for anything else. In this cheery mood they passed the hours, until the first golden streaks of dawn appeared in the sky. Then Ozma joined them, as fresh and lovely as ever dressed in one of her finest gowns. Our enemies have not arrived, said the Scarecrow, after greeting the ruler affectionately. They will be here soon, she said. I just checked on them in the magic picture. They are all coughing, choking, and sweating with the dust and heat of the tunnel. Oh, is there dust in the tunnel? asked the Tin Woodman. Yes, Ozma filled the tunnel with dry, powdery dust. She put it all there with the magic belt, explained the Scarecrow, with one of his broadest smiles. The heat was not planned, but is something they are facing as well. Then, Dorothy arrived with Uncle Henry and Aunt Em, following close behind. Her eyes were heavy, because she had a sleepless and anxious night. Toto walked beside her, and the little dog's spirits were subdued as well. Delina, who was always up at daybreak, joined them by the fountain also. The wizard and the shaggy man arrived next, and soon after Omby Amby showed up dressed in his best uniform. There lies the tunnel, said Ozma, pointing to a part of the ground just in front of the Forbidden Fountain. The first thing our invaders will see when they arrive is the sweet water pouring from the stone offering hands. In a few moments, the dreadful invaders will break through the earth and swarm over the land. But first, they will see the water. Let's all stand on the other side of the fountain and watch what happens. All at once, they followed Ozma's suggestion and moved around the Forbidden Fountain. There, they stood silent and expectant until the earth began to give way with a sudden crash and outleapt the powerful form of the first and foremost, followed by all her grim warriors. As the leader sprang forward, her gleaming eyes caught the water spilling out of the fountain 
and she rushed toward it and drank the sparkling clear water eagerly. The other phantasms crowded into and around the fountain and drank deeply. They all were hot, sweaty, and had dry and dusty throats. What started as an angry mob, raging with fury, suddenly turned into a calm and clueless-looking bunch of creatures, looking around as though they had no idea where they were or what they were doing. They stood around and stared at one another with simple, questioning smiles. The first and foremost saw Ozma and her companions beyond the fountain. But instead of making an effort to attack or capture anyone, she changed back to her black skin suit with wings and merely stared in pleased admiration at Ozma's beauty. She had forgotten where she was and why she had come there. Then the Grand Gallipoot arrived. He rushed from the tunnel with a hoarse cry mixed with rage and thirst. He too saw the fountain and hurried to drink of its forbidden waters. The other Grollywogs were not far behind, and even before they had finished drinking, the chief of the Whimsies and his people came to push them away to get at the fountain. They all cast off their false heads and drank deep to quench their thirst. When the Elf King and General Guff arrived, they both made a dash to drink. The general was so mad with thirst that he knocked the king over as he scrambled to the fountain. While Rokot lay sprawling on the ground, the general drank heartily of the water of oblivion. This rude act of his general made the elf king so angry that for a moment he forgot he was thirsty and rose to his feet to glare down at the group of terrible warriors he had brought here to assist him. He looked up and saw Ozma and her people and yelled out at the stupefied warriors. What are you doing? Why don't you capture them? Why don't you conquer Oz, you bunch of idiots? Why are you standing there like fools? The great warriors had become like little children. They had forgotten all their hate and rage against Ozma and against Oz. They had even forgotten who they themselves were or why they were in this strange and beautiful country. As for the Elf King, they did not recognize him and wondered who he was barking all these orders at them. The sun was rising and sent a flood of silver rays of light on the faces of the invaders. The frowns, scowls, evil intentions, and drunken disorder were gone. Even the most ugly and monstrous of the creatures assembled smiled innocently, lightheartedly. They were content merely to feel the sun shine down on their water-splashed faces. Forbidden fountain water dripped from their faces and sparkled with profound irony. However, the elf king, Rokot, had not drunk from the forbidden fountain yet, and all his rage against Ozma and Dorothy now flamed fiercely as ever before. His face was beet red with anger, and his fists were tight at his side. He looked over to see General Guff babbling like a baby, playing with his hands in the cool waters of the fountain. He was astonished and maddened. Realizing no warriors were planning to act, the Elf King turned to order his great army of elves to advance from the tunnel and seize the helpless Oz people. The Scarecrow read the King's mind and looked at the Tin Woodmen. Then, Together, they charged at Rokot, grabbing him and carrying him on their shoulders toward the fountain. They tossed him, screaming, flailing, and flapping his arms right into the great basin of the fountain, 
The elf king's body was round as a ball, and it bobbed up and down in the water of oblivion, while he spluttered and screamed with fear, thinking he would drown. When he cried out, his mouth filled with water, which ran down his throat. He suddenly sat up quietly in the water and looked at the sun and the shadows of the people around him. He was submerged in the basin, and he forgot all he had formerly known, just as completely as had all the other invaders. Ozma and Dorothy started laughing as they watched these dreaded enemies, wet and as harmless as babes. The fear and stress that had built up over time was suddenly gone. There was no danger now that Oz would be destroyed. The only question remaining was how to get rid of this horde of intruders. The shaggy man kindly pulled the elf king out of the fountain and stood him on his skinny legs. Rokot was dripping wet and he mumbled and laughed. He wanted to drink more of the water. No thought of conquest, the magic belt, or injuring any person was now on his mind. Before he left the tunnel, he had commanded 50,000 elves to remain there until he ordered them to advance. He had planned to give his allies time to conquer Oz before he appeared with his own army. Ozma did not want all these misguided elves on her land, so she advanced to King Rokot, and taking his hand in her own, said gently, Who are you? What is your name? I don't know, he replied, smiling at her and admiring her grace and beauty. Who are you? My name is Ozma, she said, and your name is Rokot. Oh, really? he replied, seeming pleased. Yes, you are the king of the elves, she said. Ah, are these all the elves? returned the king, looking back at the tunnel, confused. Yes, those are elves near the tunnel. There are more underground elves, and that tunnel over there is full of them, she answered. You have a beautiful cavern at the other end of the tunnel. You must go to your elves and say, march home. Then, follow after them, and in time, you will reach the cavern, which is your kingdom, and where you live and belong. The elf king was fine with all of this. He looked up at Ozma in awe and thought he would do whatever this lovely thing asked. He had no idea he had a cavern, but on her orders, he went to the tunnel and ordered his army to march home. At once, the elves turned around and returned back through the tunnel. The king followed after them, laughing with delight to find his orders so readily obeyed. The wizard went over to General Guff, who was counting on his fingers, and told him to follow the elf king. Guff meekly obeyed, and all the elves were gone from the land of Oz forever. The phantasms, whimsies, and grollywogs were still standing around in groups. They filled the garden and trampled the flowers and the plants. They were perfectly harmless and played like children, or gazed with pleasure at the royal gardens. Ozma sent Ambi Ambi back to the palace to fetch the magic belt. When the Captain General returned, Ozma at once clasped the magic belt around her waist and began to make orders. I want all these strange people, the Whimsies and the Grollywogs and the Phantasms, back to their own lands, she announced. It all happened in a poof of green magic dust. The invaders were gone as suddenly as they had arrived. Only trampled flowers and grass show they had ever been to the land of Oz. <laughs> 